My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 163. I can't believe that we've reached this far in terms of the audio podcast and I'm just you know, in awe and just sometimes shocked by how far Legally Clueless has grown. In a couple of hours, because I'm recording this <laughs> in the wee hours of the morning. So in a couple of hours, I have a meeting to kind of brainstorm a new baby that we want to introduce to Legally Clueless. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> if you could go back to episode one and being in that moment and recording that episode and being so full of fear and just like paralyzed by it really and then telling me then that this is where we'd be now ah, uh, I would not have believed you <laughs> I don't know take from that some fuel to start that which you're very scared of starting you'd be surprised how far it would go anyway back to this episode if this is your first time listening to the podcast welcome to the family really awesome having you here join our warm little corner of instagram we're at legally clueless africa we're also on tiktok really quickly growing there it's like so weird <laughs> but we're at legally clueless africa there as well and check out our youtube channel which is legally clueless we have two seasons of our video series season three coming really soon and we also have our tour series out as well so you can watch us tour nairobi nakuru mombasa kisumu then we went to paris then we went to zimbabwe and then we went to Dubai twice. <laughs> so there's, there's quite a few things to watch on our YouTube channel. But back to this episode, this is what's coming up. The moment we came out of the door, me almost fainted. The heat. Mind you, Mimi's CV, I don't even know what the CV is saying. First of all, people lie on their CVs, like completely. He asked me, are you sure everything that is on this CV is legit? I'm like, yeah. And this guy told me, are you sure you are a waitress? Before you even enter the shop, they're like, no, 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 no Africans. COVID happened. So they told us, we're going to give you like a two months unpaid leave. And she was looking at me like, what? You got a job as who? What kind of a job did you get? I'm like, it's a, I'm going to be a maid. And she's looking at me like, are you serious? I told my friends, I'm going to work as a house help considering you're coming from a five-star hotel. So when I came to Dubai, I don't know why people have this perspective that if you're in Dubai and you're making it and you're, they see you going out, they see you, oh, you, she's posted a photo, she's in a restaurant. People have this perspective that you're dating an older man. She has someone, she's cheating on me, someone who has money. That is part two of Patricia's story and... You know, part one was in episode 162, where she really just took us through her hustling journey in Nairobi, and then she moves to Dubai, where her sister is. So that's what you're going to be hearing in a bit in this episode, man. <laughs> you know, her story has a lot of humor, but where she is really just resilient and such a hustler but that's coming up a little later let's jump into the song of the week yes there's one in this episode <laughs> it's a bit old though so i was even looking for the link to it on youtube and i saw it's like nine plus years old i couldn't even find it on the actual artist channel i just found some random guy who'd probably bootlegged it but anyway the name of the song is let the sun shine and it's by labyrinth who is one of my favorite artists like there are very few songs by him that i don't identify with i think he's such a brilliant artist i like how he's like lost in his own world it almost seems like but then again i'm trying not to like idolize people whose art i love because then sometimes they do some strange things. But anyway, that's a story for another day. I really love this song because I don't know, in, in moments where I'm navigating a rough patch or life just feels very dark. Sorry, I do not know why at 1am my neighbor, <laughs> they're like thuds coming from... Eh, I hope they're okay. Yeah, because maybe I'm bitching about noise coming from their house, but... Anyway, I'll monitor. Back to this song. Yeah, so when I'm navigating like some very tough moments, I feel lifted when I listen to this song and almost like reminded that there's always some bit of sunshine or like light 
coming in from somewhere. I do this thing where if I'm going through a dark patch, I focus on only the negative. Like that's my default. And I'm trying to learn how to restructure and be like, yes, certain things are not going right, but certain things are going really well. You know what I mean? So don't just focus on the bad and get lost in it. And this song helps pull me out. So in the show notes, there's a link to the song. I hope you like it as much as I do. And I hope you're a fan of Labyrinth's music as well. If not, let me recruit you. (laughs) Okay, so I wanted to share a couple of things that have randomly popped into some of my therapy sessions. First and foremost, Every time I go for, currently I have two therapists, so anytime I speak to them, I'm just like rejuvenated and then I get really angry with my country for not making therapy accessible to people. Ah, Because I, I genuinely don't think I would be here right now in this moment if it wasn't for the two of them. The perspectives I get, the lack of judgment, you know, having somebody have a bird's eye view of what you're going through. One of my therapists does a lot of self-disclosures, so sometimes I think I'm the only one who's ever gone through a particular thing and then she tells me something she navigated in her life that's similar, etc. And I'm just like, oh, you too? (laughs) Anyway, I got carried away there, but I just wish therapy was more accessible because I just know what it's done in my life. But I think in my last session or the one before last, I can't remember, I was just going on and on about, you know, fearing that I wouldn't be successful in what I'm trying to do, fearing that if I fail, I won't have people to lean on because something that we're navigating is like boundaries. I'll get to that in a bit. So it's forcing me to reevaluate how a lot of my relationships are currently running. And I remember like my therapist just like leaning back and being like, okay, have you ever put that energy that goes into fearing the worst take that energy and put it into believing in yourself believing that you will succeed into making decisions that could optimize your probability of succeeding so that you're not just sitting there being like oh man I'm so scared I'm not gonna be successful but you're kind of restructuring your thoughts around it it seems so straightforward but it's almost very comfortable to sit in fear and to think of the worst you know what I mean that's one and then the other thing that is like I don't even know this is definitely from my last session and I don't know how I didn't realize this I don't know like even in that session I was just like what (laughs) am I dumb yeah I actually asked my therapist I'm like am I dumb or what and she's like no you're not dumb (laughs) anyway don't be afraid to reevaluate relationships be it friendships intimate relationships relationships with family with friends with colleagues whatever relationships don't be afraid to go back into them and just like reevaluate and comb through them it's really awesome to do it with again somebody who has like a bird's eye view who when you tell them things happening in that relationship they have an unbiased approach to reevaluating it but even without a therapist I think you can still do it don't be afraid to put up boundaries to protect yourself to protect your peace to protect the space where you can hear yourself very clearly it's very easy I've learned I, I didn't I didn't think it was this easy but it's very easy to lose yourself oh my goodness I feel like for the last seven or so years I I didn't realize it actually for longer because I think it was packed by my mom's death I genuinely lost myself I was looking for like softer words but like it is what it is right so yeah boundaries is something that I'm working on and it's tough oh my goodness it is so tough it comes with so much guilt, at least for me, you know, trying to control who has access to you, trying to honor yourself. I think if you've been a bit of a people pleaser, which to be quite frank, I think to some extent I've been, when you're unlearning that, there's like a lot of guilt that comes with that, you know? Ugh, it's wait, 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 it's something. And I, I feel like I'm only in like step one, <laughs> 
I'm building my boundaries. And I was even thinking about it when I'm a little farther in. I should have one of my therapists on here to talk about that because I can't believe at age 33, now is when I'm intentionally doing the work around boundaries. Oh my goodness. Let me work through it and then I, I will try and sweet talk one of my therapists to come on here, especially about boundaries. Anyway, let's jump into 100 African stories and I'm so sorry for singing. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's like bust your eardrums, but I, I, I'm really sorry. But the story, as I mentioned earlier, is part two of Patricia's story. We met Patricia when we went on tour of Dubai in March this year. Ooh just last month, <laughs> making it sound like it was like 10 years ago. Anyway, and you know, part one was her hustling at home right here in Nairobi, trying out different businesses, just trying to make money and earn a living. Her sisters were in Dubai, so when things weren't looking up here, she moved to Dubai for a better life, and that's where part two starts off. If you've not listened to part one, you may want to do that first before you listen to this one. 100 African Stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. So we go to Kenda, we go to a shop. How much is water? One dirham. Me, one more. She tells me no. So I ask her, what is the rate? One dirham is how much in Kenyan children? She said times 27. So every time we buy something, wait, how much? 10 times 27. 270. No, I cannot season my bread 270. Why? You go, you buy bread. You're buying it at 100 plus and you're like, I know, me, I, I'd rather stay hungry by the way. And she told me the moment you keep on converting the dirhams into Kenyan shillings, you'll never buy anything. You will never do anything in Dubai, as in remove that mentality. And I was like, okay. But deep down, how much is milk? 10 dirham. 10 times 20. So I come to Dubai, I go stay with my other sister Tukwata to Dubai. Luckily I have family in Dubai, so I go and stay with her. And the situation, first of all, how they are staying, okay, this Dubai. You're staying with different people. Okay, for her, she was lucky she was staying with a fellow Kenyan, but you're staying like three people in one room. It was like a studio, studio apartment. And I was like, okay. Kitande likwani the deckers, and you have to cover your bed, but which was not necessary, but for them, just for privacy. And I was like, so this is the life that people envy in Dubai. And then kidogo kidogo, when I saw she's coming from work, she was doing 3 to 12 shifts, and Africa home like 1 a.m. And then around 7, she's awake. I'm like, where are you going? She said, no, today I have to be at work by 9. And I'm like, what do you mean 9? You came home at 12. And what kind of shifts are these that you're working in the evening? You have night shift, you have morning shift. What kind of shift? Because when I do Kenya, it's 9 to 6 maximum. Me, I don't, I don't know this other, unless you're working in a club. So I was looking at her like, she's saying she's working in a coffee shop. Are you sure? Maybe you're working in a club, but Niambia too, because me, I don't mind. I've worked in a club also. I've been doing promotions, but I never asked her. So in my mind, Nasema, I think I'm not ready for these jobs. Already two weeks have passed. I haven't started applying for jobs. She's telling me every day she's coming, she's telling me, did you leave the house? I'm like, I'm leaving the house to go where? I don't know left or right. or I just know how to get out, go to the shop and come back. And she started telling me, no, you have to go and you have to send your CVs. You have to go drop your CVs. You have to go to malls, drop your CV in different retail shops. You have to go to hotels, ask if they are hiring, leave your CV at the reception. Nico like, I, there's no simpler way as in someone I can contact and ask them if there. She said, no, that's the hassle. So one time uh, her friend comes for, we were making dinner and she said, you know, and she said, ah, oh, your sister came to look for jobs. You can ask if uh, our company is hiring. And she said, no, I don't want her to work here in our company. And in my mind, Nico, I give you. Why is she so mean? So you can just give my CV and it will be even easier. And I'll just, they will just take me because they know you. And they have different shops different places so for sure we will not be working in the same outlet and she said no let her wake up in the morning and go drop CVs she needs to know the hassle that comes in getting a job in Dubai and their friend said no she can just apply online so I started applying online mind you Mimi CV I don't even know what the CV is saying I've never created a CV in my life so Stango she's the one who created the CV I went 
for my first interview i saw these ladies first of all different nationalities philippines russians and Russians can really intimidate you the way they look. They look like, oh no, no, these ladies you see on the movies. Then I used to say, oh my God, these ladies, they're so pretty. Philippines, I remember these soap operas we used to watch. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting here. Maybe I'll meet Angelo, maybe I'll <laughs> So I pushed myself. I used to wake up every day, go drop my CVs. The first few weeks days it was not easy because you're not getting any interviews invitations i met another lady because my sister told me if you go to any walking interview make friends with people grab one lady and make her your partner like you every day you push yourself you wake up you go look for a job and it's summer it's so hot like i used to get out of the house unabeba maji by the time you've finished that water. Mm. The, you've put on makeup. The makeup is already gone. So I started applying online, dropping CVs. So I went, my first interview, they told me, yeah, we'll call you. The second interview, I went, first of all, this guy, he's from British. I'm struggling with his English. The way he's swallowing the words. So he's saying hi to me. And I'm just, so he said, hi. I don't know what he said. And I'm like, Good morning, you okay? Um, ah, yeah, good morning. He said, I just said hi to you. Why you didn't tell? I'm like, oh, you said hi. Oh, th so that was hi. And he was laughing. I said, yeah. So when I went to sit down with him for the interview, first of all, people lie on their CVs, like completely. Me, what I know, what my sister told me is, if you're going for an interview for a certain hotel, you have to research about that hotel. So me, I had all the answers on my fingertips. Like if they ask me, where is this hotel, where, where we are right now? I will say it's in this place, it's in that place. You have different uh, hotels in different places. But this guy, Alin Weza, that day. So he tells me, oh, I can see on your CV you're working in this place. I'm like, yeah. So which restaurant were you working in the, in the hotel? I'm like, what? I kept repeating the name of the place. <laughs> So it's like, let's say like example, I'm working with Mason. Which uh, restaurant? No, Mason. Yeah, in Mason, but which restaurant? And I'm like, see the hotel. First of all, Mimi, I don't know if it's Ushamba or I wasn't like outgoing. I'm a, I wasn't exposed to things. Me, I know a hotel. It's a place you go down, you go, you eat. That's a hotel. So when you're telling me about a restaurant, I'm like, what do you mean about restaurant? It's a hotel. I used to work in that hotel. Because when I back home, you used to tell, let's meet at that hotel and eat something, you know. So he asked me, which restaurant i'm like restaurant so this guy started mentioning the names he mentioned the names and then i captured one which was saying something african i said ah yeah yeah that one and they said what's the name no the one that you just said now that one because the other one he was explaining he's saying japanese cuisine what japanese in kenya we have japanese cuisine chinese cuisine i'm like what what is this guy saying so i said that one because it sounds african so he asked me what was the main dish and the main drink in that uh, like a signature drink in the restaurant do you know what i said so our signature dish was githeri what is githeri and then i said if i say beans this guy will know what i'm talking about <laughs> i said so githeri it's like um, some natural leaves, which are found in rare places. The way I was explaining the dish, and this guy was just looking at me, and he's like, no, this lady doesn't know what she's saying. First of all, when we sat down, because he, he saw my face, like I don't even, I'm not even sure about what's happening. He asked me, are you sure everything that is on this CV was legit? I'm like, yeah, everything on that CV is true. And they said, tell me the truth now before we start. Because there was one lady who came here and she didn't know what to answer when it came to her CV. I'm like, me, 100% everything on that CV is correct. So when I started explaining about Gederi, he's looking at me and then he told me, tell me another one. I said, my talking. And I used to twang. <laughs> and I say, my talking. And he's like, what is my talking? So if I go to Kenya, I ask for my, I say, yeah, yeah. Matoke, it's very nice. Like it's a, they have a secret uh, recipe which only Kenyan chefs know. Even if you go to any other place, uh, Africa country, they tell you they have the same because um, Uganda, they're known for matoke. So I've already taken something from you. 
I'm like, even if you go to any African country, they tell you about matoke, it's not the same. So he told me, tell me the process of how it's cooked. I said, so I told him, first of all, our chef never shared <laughs> their secret. They never told us anything about, and they said, so if I was a guest and I asked you, how was the food prepared? You will not tell me, you'll say the chef doesn't, uh, doesn't give you the step of how he's preparing the dish or what is the main ingredient for you to taste like this. So if I eat something and I tell you it's sour, what did you use on this one? I said, no, they will not. What if I'm allergic to something and uh, they don't know? How will you explain uh, you cannot have this food and this one? And this guy told me, are you sure you are a waitress? I said, okay, let me tell you the truth. I was a food runner. I used to just take the food from the, uh, I said I was a server. I used to take the food and from the kitchen and just place it on the table. That's it. So he said, so you are a food runner. That's like, I, I'm like, food runner? No, I was only a server. I used to take, he said, yeah, that's a food runner. So he told me, you know what? I wish you all the best. <laughs> but I don't think we can continue with you. And I'm like, why? Because he started laughing, actually. He told me, the good thing about you, you have an answer to everything that you're saying. <laughs> you're so confident when you're saying something, even, th even though I know you're lying. But I love your confidence. I love the way you are outspoken. You have an answer for everything. But unfortunately, we need someone who's experienced right now. So we cannot, but I wish you all the best outside. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. So that was my second interview, which I've really like felt, wow, I've opened up. Because the other one I went to, I was just quiet, like sitting there, they're asking me things. First of all, I'm nervous, I'm doing my nails like this. I'm checking people, I, I feel intimidated. And I knew this, this one, Kabisa, it's, it's not for me. But this other one, I was confident. So Kidogo Kidogo, I built my confidence. I got courage to do interviews. I know the questions, how to answer questions, what to do this. But the first thing I did was to go back, research about this hotel I used to work in Kenya because I had zero idea about that hotel or that resort, but it's on my CV. So I went, I researched, and then I continued hustling. Go to my CV, I'm sending my CV outside. You go, you meet people, they tell you, Afri no, before you even enter the shop, they're like, no, 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 no Africans. Before you even, and these are people who are employed also. This is not even your country. That's the thing. I used to tell my friend, like, this is not even their country. And they're that harsh. And then the stories I hear about people during that time, when you meet with people, they say, I've been here for three months. My visit visa expired. I renewed. I still haven't gotten a job. It discourages you a lot. So we got another interview, me and this lady, all the way to Ajman. Ajman is like another ta another city. So we go to this city. When we told this guy, one of her friends, that we are going to Ajman, he said, ah, you know what, guys, I'll drop you. So it was like a 45 minutes drive. So I went for the interview. They didn't ask me anything. They just said, ah, okay, come with us. The way we are walking to that uh, office where they're doing the interview, it's like a hall, like a hallway. It's like they're taking me to a room. In my mind, I'm like, bus. This is how you hear. Someone went to Arab countries and they got kidnapped. And then they're like whispering when they're talking. And I'm like, Patricia, you this desperate. So we go, we sit down. They're like, what's your name? Patricia, you from Kenya. Uh, would you like to be a cashier or a waitress? I'm like, cashier. And they said, okay, you're hired. Give us your passport. Give us everything. We'll start your process. I'm like, mm -mm. first of all, you haven't given me a contract to sign. Say, nimechanuka. If it was the Patricia that came the first week, I'll say, okay. Passport, ID, anything else? I will just say okay to everything. But this time I was like, I can you help? Can you give me at least the offer letter? Tell me what's the offer. So they told me the basic, the salary. They will give accommodation and transport and all that. But deep down, I felt like Apana, this job is not for me. But I said it's fine. I can I can recommend my friend since she's been trying. But this lady, I still, I wish I, I know where she went to. So we used to go with this lady for interviews. She never knew what she's going to apply for. To mend the interview, and she's sitting there. Which positions do you have? Waitress? Ah, okay. So she opens her bag, she removes like 10 CVs. Ah, bartender, cashier. Which, which position again? Ah, waitress. Ah, okay. Ah, waitress. So I said, you know what, let me help this lady. She was never, any. 
she used to make me feel like niko home nothing is serious so i recommended her me i didn't take that job but because first of all coming back i told them just give me your offer letter i'll go home and think about it so when we were going back home it was like a 2 hours drive and i'm like there's no way i'm working in this place if i have to go and see my sister i have to go like one hour and a half because you coming from one uh, bus to another bus we cannot even take taxi because that time we don't even have money to pay taxi we are not even employed my sister used to give me money for one week you have to keep my lisa sin up singine that's how she used to tell me. she was so strict with me so we took a bus two hours drive and i'm like Ah, no, this is too much. For a second, I was like, you know what? If I don't get a job, let me just go home. One week later, I got invited to an interview. So I go to this interview. They send the email, they send, they send with the picture of the building. And I remembered, ah, this building is near Burj Khalifa. Mm -hmm. So I'll just come down from Dubai Mall and walk. I've done my makeup, dressed nicely. It's summer with my water, my bag, Trishuka Metro, Tembea. I'm walking, I can see the building is there. So I'm walking, but I'm going the same, as in I'm going round. I feel like I'll just go home and cancel for this interview. I'm walking around. So I met one taxi driver. I'm like, excuse me, I want to go to a, uh, this hotel, but I, I don't know how to go. I can see it's there, but mm. Dubai, once you miss one exit, that's it. Mm. You have to go around or you'll think, ah, it's there, you walk in, but the roads that you'll find. You... <laughs> so I took a taxi. So I go for the interview. First of all, I'm late. I'm like 30 minutes late. By the time I reach to the room where we are doing the interview, I'm sweating. I'm, I'm running out of breath. And the HR, she told me, just go freshen up and then come back. Mm -hmm. And then there's this one African lady. She came in. She was so pretty. Mm -hmm. The way she's walking. And I'm like, there's no way I'm getting this job. She come inside. The guy who's doing the interview, he's glued to her. Like, who is next? Me, I'm there like, <gasps> I'm so nervous because this place looks bougie. I don't have experience. There's no way this place, they're going to hire me. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm out of breath. I'm panicking. I don't know what to say. I'm just, I think I took like three bottles of water within 15 minutes. After finishing the water, I need to go washroom. So I'm like this. And the HR is asking me, are you okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't want to go to the washroom and miss out to be next because I want to just get over and done with, with this interview. So I, I, I'm sitting there like, and she asked me, are you, this is your first time in Dubai? I'm like, I was so innocent, Yani. Already I feel I'm, I'm not even confident enough. Ju Kenya, there's no way I will get a job. Sina experience, I don't have papers. People used to say, if you don't have papers, then you have to pay this money to get this job. Or you do this to get this job. So I'm sitting there and deep down, I'm like, but sure, you know what? You need to get out of that uh, mentality that you're not enough. You need to get out of that mentality that you're not worth it. You're worth it. You can make it. And this is your chance to shine. I went for that interview for the first time my English was flowing. Mm. Like me, my English is somehow, I have a lot to say, like daddy inside my mind, inside my heart. I have a lot of things I want to say. I have a lot of stories I want to tell. But when it comes to English, I panic. I feel like mm. I can't express myself well. Is Am I saying the right word? Am I saying the correct thing? But that time I went inside the interview, my English really flow. So he started asking me, how do you set up a table? I didn't even answer according to his question. And then he's asking about wines. Wine, it's only red and white. And champagne, I used to know it's a white wine. I was like a kamshamba somehow. I'm answering and he's looking at me. And the way he's looking at me, Nina, feel the more he's looking at me, I feel tensed. But I kept talking, I kept talking, I kept talking. They said, okay, you've passed the first uh, round, so you have to wait to meet our general manager. This is the first time we must hear that name. Because the other ones, they tell us, okay, we'll call you. Immediately, I text my sister, I said, we are waiting, I'm going to meet the GM. And she's like, you know what, that job is yours. They've, you've already passed. We went to meet with the GM. She didn't even ask much questions. She asked, do you have family in Dubai? She was concerned, like, she's asking about me. This is a stranger who's asking about me. And we had a very nice conversation. I told her about my story back home. She's asking if I have a family back home, if I'm married and if I'm this and that. We, we talked normally, like a friend. And I was so confident. 
And I felt so good when I was going home because for once I've met someone out of the country who's honestly asking about me. Outside they just ask you, ah, from where, Kenya? I have a friend from Nigeria, so we don't speak the same language. So I got the job eventually. First of all, uniform, there's no uniform that is fitting me. All the ladies' uniform, it's not fitting me. So they gave me what? The guy's uniform. So I'm wearing uh, pants, it's tight. Like they had to, I had to squeeze into those pants. I'm wearing a shirt, I'm wearing a waistcoat, I have a tie. And I'm like, this is not the kind of job I was looking for. Because when I look at social media, I see my friends, they have this nice uh, bun up. They have like a nice suit, skirts. They're standing on theirs. And I'm like, no, this is not the first day. They took me to in-room dining. In-room dining is uh, you're serving only on the rooms, in the rooms. So they tell me set up the table to take to the room i'm looking at the table i'm looking at the setup everything that is there i have zero clue of what's happening on this table they told me set up for forks you have to put like a dessert knife dessert uh, fork spoon mm -hmm. soup spoon all that if you finish with this one just if you have tissue around you just wipe and then continue no need to stress as you do a soup uh, dessert spoon and all this yani the first day was so horrible I just went to the washroom. I started crying. I was crying. I'm like, I cannot do this. And then they got me in heels. I'm wearing like a guy. And then I have heels on top of that. I'm fat. I called my mom. I told her, mom, I don't think I can continue with this job. She told me, no, you can continue. Just continue. Just do it. Push yourself. I met a Kenyan guy and I was so happy like this guy will help me. He will guide me. So he somehow he guided me. But the funny thing, I, in one uh, guy from Indonesia was the one who became like my mentor. He was telling me do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. The first experience was horrible. That's how I continued. I grew myself from a waitress. Up to now, now I'm a receptionist. I'm shy, but at least I'm trying. When I was working in this job as a waitress, up until 2020, COVID happened. So they told us, we're going to give you like a two months unpaid leave. So we were like, okay, as long as I haven't lost my job, because it got so bad, people are losing jobs. I said, it's fine. I'll take their paid leave. In that uh, period of time, I always tell people, when you're working, it doesn't matter what kind of job you're doing in Dubai or any other place. Just work hard because you never know who's watching, who's looking at you. You never know who you're even going to meet. So that last day when you were packing things, putting things together to close up the restaurant, I got a call from our marketing manager and she's like, uh, Patricia, do you know, by any chance, do you know anyone who would like to work in a house. I have a cousin of mine. She has a kid and she's looking for someone who can be there for her because she'll be working from home. Immediately I said, yeah, I will do it. And she's like, oh, cool, that's 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 fine. I'll just give her your number and then she will call you. So I went home, I tell, <laughs> I saw my sister. So to call, we are having unpaid, but I already got a job. She's looking at me like, what? You got a job as who? What kind of a job did you get? I'm like, it's a... I'm going to be a maid. And she's looking at me like, are you serious? I told my friends, I'm going to work as a house help, considering you're coming from a five-star hotel. So I go, I meet this lady. She's super nice. And her kid was like five months. She's so nice. She looks, she looks worried. And immediately I just got a connection with her. And she's from Kenya. So I'm like, it's fine. She's from Kenya. She, we can understand each other. She's, I don't think she will do something bad to me, like the stories you hear when people were working as housemaids. We had an agreement, me and her. And she was like, I'll be giving you one day off. You can be going home. I just need you to hold the baby when I'm on video calls because I'll be working from home. So it was basically like she wanted someone to be like a babysitter. But I used to do some chores in the house. But I felt like I was living with my sister that time. I will get my one day off, go be with my friends. We catch up and all that. But during that time of COVID, there's so much that happened. People fell into depression, me being one of them. Because you don't know when, slowly by slowly, it's building up. And you feel like your life was going so well. First of all, I haven't been home for the last two years. Because this was after two years. I didn't go for vacation my first year when I came to Dubai. Because I said I need to save up enough to go home. Because I don't want to go home and spend the little money I have and do nothing. If I want to go home, I want to go home and live at least i've done something like an investment and this 2020 you cannot go home there's lockdown if you leave the house 
yani Dubai was it was so horrible because we are so used to going out there's so many cars around now the roads are empty every night when i go to bed i used to ask myself if people back home know the kind of situation i'm going through i think they will not understand they will think i'm lying and that time jupia home things are worse friends family people asking me for money in your mind you're like you guys don't even know what i'm going through no one is even checking up on you it's like hi hi how are things there we're on lockdown ah okay even here there's so much going on Can you send us money? But there's no single time someone will ask how are you? How is work? How is everything? You can't even share your story because no one will understand. You tell people, "Now I'm working as a housemaid and I was having like a career. I was building a career out of this. And now I'm working in someone's house." And someone will just say, "At least you have a job." It's like they make you feel like you're ungrateful, but you're not. So I slowly by slowly this lady, the one I was working with, she she was encouraging me every day. She was like, "But if you're tired, just put the baby down i will assist you it's like she was also trying to make me so comfortable because we both need each other at that particular moment we became so close but deep down badonaskia this is not me i'm not supposed to be here it used to get me so frustrated to a point ninenda when i'm going for my off day i feel like i'm not going back and it's not like she's bad we are still so close with her i saw the baby growing yani the her first crawl have faster teeth tooth sorry so i felt like she she gave me peace regardless all this that are going through in life we have something that we're waking up every day i see and i smell i see a life growing and in my mind i'm like does this kid know what she's getting herself into why are you growing up so fast like mbona kwa mkubwa adult life is so difficult why are you growing up so kidogo kidogo uh, around september my friends i started seeing my friends getting offers for jobs some of them were me but a job they are going even for vacation uh, our job my job first of all they call me around april makaniambia i'm sorry patricia but we have to let you go that's how i lost my job and then with this lady like three months later they call me they tell me pasha we need to cancel your visa like five months six months they gave us time by the way normally they cancel within one month but the, this time they gave us like six months they said we need to cancel your visa and we will cancel by tomorrow so you need to travel in two days i'm like but i'm not ready i'm not ready to go home i started panicking and this lady she's like no patricia you can just take another visa If you don't want to go home you can stay and on the other hand I'm like no I really need to go home so I quit from this job I told her just find someone else but me I have to go I felt bad but she was okay with it she was like you know what this is your life yeah you need if you need to really go home just go home if I also had a chance I will go home but I was hesitant Juninona maybe there will be another lockdown I will not be able to come back to Dubai so I I resigned from that job I go I pack my bags 4 days later they haven't canceled our visa they're not telling us anything so we continue staying uh, first of all I don't have a job again she already got someone else to take care of them I can't go back so I start applying jobs I stayed first month nothing the second month nothing i got zero interviews and this uh, lady she calls me again she's like "Patricia would you like to come back?" Yes. I will come back. She didn't even finish the sentence the next day I was I think the same day I was there. After like 3 weeks I got an interview. I got another interview. The moment I said yes to one interview, I started getting multiple interviews. So I I took one job which was in uh, Dubai Mall. That job was at a sijui me with my five star experience i'm taking it to a restaurant in the mall so i see the the guests i'm talking to them i'm engaging with them i'm recommending foods no i'm an, I'm, i'm i'm an expert eh? now i'm here i'm sitting them down i'm following all the steps which you used to follow in the hotel and this manager and this supervisor and waiters they're like why are you talking to the guests your work is to only take the guests and sit them down don't talk to any guests don't even say just say good morning good afternoon and good evening and go back to your desk so you standing 10 hours with one hour break you're standing there like this at you can i'm getting you just say good afternoon this way please it's like a machine like a robot and me i'm not used to, i was already used to been open already i'm out of my shell so kidogo kidogo i said ah, no and i desperately need this job but no i contacted one guest i met in uh, when i was working that hotel i told him i remember you saying you want a barista he said yeah i am i want a barista i'm opening my cafe on this day well that did you find someone i said yeah me i'm always recommending myself 
I was like, yeah, me, I'll come. So he told me, no, you have to relocate to Rasalkaima. Rasalkaima is another city. And I was like, I will come. So I go to Rasalkaima. I have my, they give me my small house, studio. The place is nowhere close to Dubai. As in Nuko, the, the cities like Kitambo has a job. But I was okay with it since I need a job. So when I was there, Ukondio Sasa, the main Arabs there, Ukondio Wako Sasa, local. I was in the mall shopping and one tiny baby comes and tells me, Tal, Tal, go, go. And I'm looking at the baby like, what? So the mom comes and tells me, no, she thinks you are her house girl. And she was disrespecting me and shouting. And the mom said, um, your madam, where is your madam? And I'm like, what? Which madam? She said, you working house? They can't even speak English. He's like, you working house? I felt like, does she know I was working as a house girl? Why is she treating me like that? I went through a phase of up and down, up and down, up and down. Up until my GM, who gave me my first job in Dubai, I applied, I saw her posting a job. I applied and they called me and that's how I got hired in this new place. And trust me, my experience in Dubai has been ups and downs, but I can say mine was not as bad. As most people, when they come to Dubai, the kind of hassle they go through. But it's been a journey. So when I came to Dubai, I don't know why people have this perspective that if you're in Dubai and you're making it and you're, they see you going out, they see you, oh, you, she's posted a photo, she's in a restaurant. People have this perspective that you're dating an older man. She has someone, she's cheating on me, someone who has money. But so he started accusing me for such things that you're cheating on me, you got someone who is treating you, you have a lot of money. But I'm trying to explain to him, first of all, I don't have a social life because 24-7 you're working. Not in like in Kenya, you're working, but you still have your phone with you. Here, you, the moment you go on shift and as a waitress, you cannot be on the floor with your phone. The moment you go to sh on shift, you leave your phone in your locker. So the only time you'll hold your phone is when you're on break. And during break, maybe unakula, and they call you, but sure you have to come back, we're busy. Mm -hmm. You have 15 minutes. You don't even have time to reply your message. Mm -hmm. Up until now, there's some people, I lost so many friends back in Kenya because wanasema, alenda Dubai akapata maringo. But it's not. Yani, life is so difficult. You don't have a social life. You can't keep up. So he used to tell me, you don't even reply to my messages. When you're off, you're telling me you're sleeping. And trust me, I'm sleeping. Like, umetoka kazi sanani. You will not be sleeping until five. Your body is tired already. And that time we used to have like one day off. At least for now I can have two days off one week. The next day I'm having one uh, day off. But you don't have time to socialize. The little time you have, you unenda out. Maybe you just came from duty. And your friends come and tell you, ah, but shall let's go out. Let's go ladies night. So you hype yourself and say, ah, at least let me just go and treat myself. You go out for that one night. You take pictures. I'm telling you, social media is a scam. You take pictures, you're there. It's like you're having a good time. But deep down, you're, you're busy checking your schedule. Like, tomorrow, what time am I waking up? Mm -hmm. I'm counting, oh, I'm waking up two hours. It's not a, that you're being irresponsible. But at least you're trying to treat yourself. Mm -hmm. And when they see, oh, Amanda out, and she didn't reply to my text. Oh, and I hang out with my friends. She's not replying to my text. But you don't have that time. You don't have the money they say you have. You don't have, I wish I had that sugar daddy that's talking about money. <laughs> At least he will remove some burden out of my shoe. As in, you don't have. You're legitly working for your money. Dubai, the good thing about it, Pia, when it comes to salary, they pay you on time. When it comes to benefits, you have service charge. You have tips. People, someone will come and give you a hundred dollar as a tip. That's the life that we live. But it's comfortable, it's peaceful, and at least you have, I have my sister, I have friends, and that's all you need in Dubai. As long as you have family, you have friends, that's all you need. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. I just first really love Patricia's energy. It took us quite a long time to record that story because she's just such a natural storyteller. So I think we recorded it for like an hour and a half or so. Which is <laughs> why I had to split it into two parts. But man, I just love how she even like weaves in humor and, and has been so frank and vulnerable with just like her struggles and what it took for her to get where she is now and where she is in this moment. 
moment, you know. When she talks about that heat in Dubai, my word. So the first time we went to Dubai, which was maybe end of February, I came back early March. They were just coming out of winter, I think they said. <laughs> Even though it didn't look like it. But like the heat was manageable. It was really nice, you know. And then towards the end of March, we went again. And my word, <laughs> I think one day it was like 42, 43 degrees, which isn't even really hot for them. But I was like, hey, 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 <laughs> take me back to my Nairobi weather <laughs> with all its madness and its instability. Take me back. <laughs> so, hey, I think one of the waiters in our hotel because we made friends with like all of them which is so awesome there was Ahmed there was I forget the name of the other guy who was a musician I'll remember it probably like after I put out the episode anyway they were telling us about how it can get to like 50 degrees and how difficult it is to like walk from either the metro or the bus stop to where you're going and I was just like at 50 what (laughs) Then again, you're in a desert, so yeah. Totally identified with when she was talking about the heat. But even more importantly, I feel like the stories we recorded in Dubai, and you've heard Dennis's story and Patricia's story so far, really highlight just the issues young people face in Kenya. And there's an element of shame, I feel, because I feel like this country has let down many people, but in this regard, young people who just want to earn a living, want to be able to be stable but the country makes it so hard for you to do that when it comes to unemployment I don't even think you know it's a global problem but when I bring it home to this country Kenya I feel like we're not even attempting to resolve the issue like we're not even acknowledging how destructive it is for young people even when we just move it all the way back to how things work man so you need what papers a degree or a diploma it's a privilege to have access to those things like tertiary education it's it's a privilege oh my god the system is crazy it's a privilege to be able to access that yet for quite a few jobs you need those particular papers okay let's look at business right because sometimes you hear a lot of leaders saying oh young people need to be part of like helping us solve unemployment by going into to business and in that sense creating employment it is so difficult to do business in this country it's difficult even just to register your business It's difficult because of all the taxes you have to pay and the harassment that comes with particular types of businesses. It's difficult getting access to capital as a young person who doesn't have any collateral, etc., etc. Who's giving you a loan? You know what I'm saying? It's like this country is hell-bent on destroying its young people. And then you'll turn on the news and it's like major gaslighting that you get from these candidates who want to run for the next elections or the leaders who are currently in office who kind of like want to share the responsibility and it's like what you're not doing your job you know what I mean or you're just focused on greed and corruption it's sorry to go on a rant but it, it really pisses me off because then you have stories I'm glad this is not the case for Dennis or Patricia, but you have seen those stories of young people who go to any UAE places and have to do jobs where they experience extreme maltreatment. And people ask, why are they still going? Because their country <laughs> is 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 trying to really just destroy their present and their future. So many young people are desperate to leave for even something that looks like a glimmer of hope because of how bad things are locally. And it's very unfair. So as we go into the elections, if you are going to vote, please think long and hard about who you're voting for. Think very long and very hard. Really evaluate the things that different candidates are saying. Think about the sustainability. I don't think you need to be in the development world or or have a certain skill to be able to 
really think about these things. Mm -mm, You're valid, right? As a Kenyan, and sorry if you're not a Kenyan, but like I think this this applies to whichever country that you are in because you do have elections. You're valid as you are, as being a citizen of that country and you are deserving of all good things like good leadership, right? So evaluate the sustainability of the things that, you know, candidates are promising so that we can slowly work our way into having elections where we are voting based on policy and what people stand for and what what they are skilled enough to do, etc. And away from voting for who we dislike the least or who we think is going to steal the least. Like, what? Ugh, man, it, it's beyond me that that's where we are. Anyway, I went into like a long, long rant that I, I wasn't going to go into. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel. There's a link to it in the show notes so that you can catch Patricia in part two of our tour of Dubai. And there's a lot more in that episode that I think that you will really enjoy. If you want to share your story on this podcast, I want to hear your story. We do in-person recordings and virtual recordings. So literally, wherever you are in the world, we can record your story. All you have to do is in the show notes, fill out the Google form, and then we will get back to you. Please put an email address in the form that you actually check so that, you know, you don't ghost us. <laughs> When we send you an email, Tafadali, please, please, please. And this podcast also plays on Trace Radio here in Kenya. So if you go to traceradio.co.ke, you can get a list of the frequencies of how you can tune in to Trace. And you can catch us there every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. and Fridays at 1 p.m. Thank you so much for listening to this episode to the very end. I really do appreciate you. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the feedback. And right now, what I'm not appreciating is the loud bangs I'm hearing from my neighbors. So trying to figure out if I should be a nosy neighbor and like go and find out if everybody's okay. Or should I just mind my own business? I don't know. (laughs) What I do know is that this episode is over. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.